0: Write that, write that down, write me that, insight,
1: write, that, down. Me write, me that. write that down, so write that down, so write that down, write that down, write that down, write that down. Welcome back to Write That Down, I'm one of your hosts, Justin Nipper, I write for WrestlingObserver.com and F4WOnline.com, while my other half is Japan's leading pro wrestling author historian, journalist, broadcaster, the one and only Mr. Fumi Saito. Welcome back everybody. Thank you for all the nice words about our Inoki series parts 1 and 2. We've gotten probably more feedback than uh, any of our shows so far on these two so I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy that we're really getting into the meat of Inoki's career. Today's part 3. Today's our next installment. We covered... I'm really focused on the years 1974 to 1980, around that time, mid 80s to late 70s, right in the early 80s, that was our stopping point. So after Inoki and uh, Giant Bob was all Japan, they both had established television deals in 1972. The rivalry between the two companies began heating up from here. So we talked about this hot time for pro wrestling in Japan during the mid 70s and the influence of television. And print media, like magazines uh, Newspapers, Tokyo Sports and such We talk about how Not just uh, important It was during the time to wrestling But just in society and how Wrestling, pro wrestling Will forever be locked Or linked to Television in Japan Because they sort of debuted at the same time We also went over You know, he's very inventive And very bloody December 1974 against. Uh, international wrestling champion Strong Kobayashi, who just passed away in December. Um, we also went over Inoki's year long feud with Tiger Jeet Singh, the famous and one of my personal favorites hour long bout against Carl Gotch trainee Billy Robinson, uh, also his series of matches with Andre the Giant and Andre working heel in New Japan, which was new at the time. We talked about Vince McMahon Sr. and his involvement and appearances for New Japan at around this time as well. Um, this subsequently led to New Japan and WWWF's 11 year working relationship. Imagine that today, just to, to say it is almost a little bit weird, but it's true. This partnership would also lead to Inoki's big, big international breakout bout against Muhammad Ali. And I think many would call this the world's first MMA fight. And we cover that in detail towards the end of the show. So that's it. Next week, we are going to cover, we're going to start with talking about Inoki when he was working with WWF and he won the WWF title. Which wasn't recognized by WWE, but he did win it in New Japan, in Japan from Bob Backlund. We're going to talk about his series matches with Backlund. His rivals Stan Hansen. Rivalries, excuse me. Rivalries with Stan Hansen, Hulk Hogan rusher kimura bruiser brody and lots more so if you have questions comments whatever hit us up on twitter at fumihiko Dayo. i'm at justin m nipper um let's get into the show this is a good one
0: march 72 Inoki starts and
1: mm-hmm.
0: october 72 baba starts actually Inoki starts in new japan before baba Leaving JWA. That's but, right. But ba- Baba had ch- Channel 4 deal right from the get go, and Inoki didn't have television for one year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you don't have television, you don't exist, right?
1: Yeah. Especially Almost. then.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So they were doing, you know, a 1973 version of Antonio Inoki against Gachi match matches, spring and fall. They did that twice. They didn't even have television, and Channel Twelve uh, did the one special that just they they broadcasted second Korogach match like your boxing special. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even the regular television. It's like all of a sudden one night they broadcasted Inoki against you know Karagach title match right out of blue, and uh, that was it. No no regular television, but uh, it, it treated like your boxing. You know world title match kind of thing and and uh, so if you didn't watch it you know the entire year of seventy, you know too, I- inoki didn't exist on tv therefore people didn't know that the, i mean casual people didn't even know that that new japan even existed then it's just that the JWTV was still on and inoki just disappeared and you know no, they did not announce why and or how it just you know wasn't on tv anymore and during the year of 1972 it was really weird uh as a kid because i was like sixth grade all of a sudden you know oh you know not on tv anymore oh my gosh right and then i asked kids in, in school "It's so, like, didn't you know and the other kid you know told me so didn't you know he was
1: fired why it's so, <laughs> like kids know little bit of little bit of little pieces right they either hear something or they mishear something. I remember, you know, being in school and, you, yeah, for, for my generation, it was always some variation of the Ultimate Warrior is Dead story.
0: Oh, okay. You okay. know what I mean?
1: Everyone's, yeah, he's that? Dead.
0: yeah, half the kids believed it, right? Yes,
1: yes. Usually the non wrestling fans believed it. Mm. But, um, okay. uh, cause they didn't watch it, it was pretty obvious it's the same guy the whole time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's somebody died and they switched it. what was inside the the, the, the painting? Yeah. Uh, underneath the paint and it just the, the other guy took over or something?
1: That's what they, uh, yeah, that's what the <laughs> general rumor growing up. Everyone, that was one of the, Urban Legend. Urban Legend for, uh, oh, for like wrestling. Oh, like first,
0: first uh, Ultimate Warrior is actually dead and the, 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 right. the one you were watching is the second one?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. oh
0: that's real good kid story
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i'm surprised (laughs) the company didn't take advantage of it but hey but that's kind of how it was you know it was it was hard to get information on your favorite wrestlers if they weren't on tv there wasn't an internet so you had to you really had to go seek it out didn't you
0: ah yeah and then some of these kids would read you know um uh well those you know tokyo sports or nikkan sports those newsstand tabloids news you know news you know sports papers that comes out every afternoon and you have to go to subway station or train station to pick it up but that's in for adults right Mm -hmm. but some kids get to read those i never did you know (laughs) so some of the kids knew better rumors than other kids just so 70s you know
1: but that's kind of the beginning of also that um uh news and print culture that's so deeply connected to wrestling in Japan.
0: It's yeah, yeah, the only right real the info. Evening,
1: yeah, the info mm-hmm. is out, unless it's on the TV show or at the show it's in the press. You know.
0: Yeah, cuz in 1960s, early 60s, Tokyo sports newspapers were created just to cover wrestling. Really? That was ridiculous era air. But 1963, you know, Rick Dozen, the king, passed away untimely, and and but the wrestling went on. Show must you know must go on thing, and Tokyo Sports and the other tabloid remained, and they all covered wrestling. It had a lot to do with wrestling survival, you know, and uh, t- TV didn't you know stop, you know that uh, even after Ricky Dozan, they always you know aired primetime wrestling on, on Friday, Friday night, eight o'clock thing, you know, religiously and, and people followed it. And, uh, way, all the way till like mid 60, what was interesting was that, um, they rotated, you know, first week wrestling, same time slot, Friday night, eight o'clock channel four, second week, Disney world, Disney and third week wrestling and fourth week Disney again. Is not interesting.
1: I feel like, uh, I- Pro wrestling in Japan is so deeply connected to TV, media, media. Yeah, oh of
0: course. Yeah. And it,
1: it would be strange to pull wrestling off of television because it seems like wrestling has been on television for as long as television has been in Japan.
0: Oh, that's it though. That's it though. Because Rikidozen made television famous and television made Ricky Dozen famous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Television made wrestling pro wrestling famous and pro wrestling wrestling made television popular because mm-hmm. people are buying TV sets at your home so you can watch wrestling every week. <laughs> well, the, actually, the first week wrestling, like I said, second week, same time slot, Disney, and third week, uh, wrestling again, and fourth week, same time slot, Friday night, 8 o'clock, Disney. So it was like a blue-collar audience to white-collar audience to blue color audience to white color audience. It was so controlled
1: or something mm. in hindsight. Yeah had to reach out to everybody because there was a the big difference in television in Japan versus in the States. I mean, because the States are so geographically yeah. big, if you lived in New York, you, of course you knew California existed, but if you didn't see it on TV, right. you never thought about it. And you, you never thought about that there could be uh, two or three or f- more different kinds of pro wrestling out there because you just in the States, you're living in your own world because the
0: country is so big yeah whereas japan is the size of what california
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and that also is
0: like a national television
1: right yeah it it completely changes the idea of like you know in japan it's it's a a big enough country to where you can get a signal from the top of the island to the bottom where in the states it's just the signals (laughs) run out and everybody had every town had their own you know local yeah local
0: station yeah and then local radio stations and local newspapers. Yeah, it, there, it was the only there, way. There, there, you have fifty states is like a fifty different countries. Then
1: almost, yeah, almost, so, almost, right, right. So really, so, but the,
0: the every single network station in the states, like a, you know the CBS, ABC, and NBC. Now it's Fox too, but the, every major station is out of New York. But the movies come from California, Hollywood.
1: Movies, TV, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So west coast and the east coast always like a big rival i guess i guess
1: culture, so yeah
0: pop pop culture too pop culture but back to sure. this yeah <clears throat> back to this wrestling thing that the year of 1973 antonio inoki and new japan pro wrestling did not exist on tv so that the uh, 72 okay then the beginning of 73 sage sakaguchi and his you know his guys like a kengo kimura and ozawa you know masashi ozawa later on he becomes killer khan right they joined new japan leaving jwa and new japan roster got so you know a lot bigger and tv asahi switched affiliation from jwa to new japan then jwa all jwa nippon pro wrestling went down real quick and new japan pretty much took over uh what it was you know what was left of it you know and tv asahi and new japan big tag team and all japan pro wrestling jan baba and nippon tv channel four big tag team so therefore two major leagues it pretty much begins the year 73 instead of 72. the company opened in 1972 but the 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 real war didn't start until
1: the following year does that make sense that's right because i mean yeah. the tv it really heated things up didn't it i mean it was really oh and by the way what on uh with new japan and all japan at that time yeah. what days or nights were the shows on um in
0: 1973 mm. new japan took over friday night eight o'clock traditional time slot just different okay. channel channel ten tv asahi mm-hmm. and all japan nippon tv which was a traditional you know wrestling channel from the right from the beginning from ricky dozen era they switched the television time to saturday night eight o'clock hmm. saturday so friday night and saturday night both nights you know they had wrestling on prime
1: time that's big okay so 74 TV with New Japan and Inoki, the company's 73. heating up. Seventy three, um, yeah. Things are moving, yeah. And then this is when he's Sakaguchi,
0: really... Sak- Sakaguchi joining,
1: yeah. And, uh, and uh, Inoki uh, and Sakaguchi, Sakaguchi had a yeah. yeah famous tag team,
0: right? That too, yeah. And Sakaguchi was the one responsible bringing TV Asahi to Inoki. Therefore, they you know joined together.
1: So how did that work with uh with Sakaguchi? How did he get in? involved in everything
0: well sakaguchi was the top guy for about eight months period with jwa after both baba and Inoki left they okay, still so had tv it
1: was the, yeah, the last top guy they had before dissolving.
0: yeah yeah and also he was former um world champion judoka judo you know and then he was golden rookie of 60s and he was like clearly number three underneath Baba and Inoki, but all of a sudden after Baba and Inoki left the left uh, old JWA they appointed Sakaguchi to be the guy but Sakaguchi knew knew that uh, this company was going down you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. as things were and uh he um he Sakaguchi's legacy has been so overlooked you know if Inoki didn't get this TV Asahi deal that the Inoki was in jeopardy, you know, first year. He didn't have television. He didn't have any American talent. He, he did uh, Inoki against Korgach a couple times, you know. And uh, other than that, it's like, they were using American wrestlers that I didn't even recognize, you know, the names, you know. And uh, without television, basically, like we said, that the New Japan didn't really exist in the public eyes.
1: It was... Mm- wasn't the establishment it was it was kind of the underground alternative to to what was on tv with baba in the main show
0: yeah and jwa Mm -hmm. and and international iw had television too so it's like oh my gosh you know what happened to inoki he just disappeared from television i mean during the year 72 but the sakaguchi you know and tv asahi had a meeting that the let's drop jwa and join new japan and create the form in a new form of company and that will go then by doing so you can get rid of all the old farts <laughs> from the jw JWA era you know what i'm saying yeah because it was like a rikido the ghost from rikidozan era you know the operation the way they handle their money the, the way they handle their 200 shows a year um you know scheduling and uh, the connection to states and all these things that that the new generation should come in who were sakaguchi and inoki in that that. so uh, sakaguchi actually had a big role to bring in tbsi deal into new japan and inoki and they joined together and it
1: became a big force he's still with new japan to this day 50 years later
0: yeah yeah of course of course and also he uh, sakaguchi is so um modest or humble you know person that the, he wasn't really aiming to become star in that ring but the, he wanted this new japan wrestling business to success i think and so uh, he chose to be the lieutenant instead of wrestling star you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah so his role has been really huge although that his legacy has been so overlooked but during this year of 1973 at the end of 73 that after sakaguchi joined and new japan became big and had a tv asahi deal that was the year also that inoki beat johnny powers to become nwf world heavyweight champion mm-hmm. nwf <laughs> kind of almost deceiving name because in japan nwa you know national wrestling alliance name has been so big and uh there was another you know wrestling champion from america his name is johnny powers and you know he's challenging for the you know for the title then you uh, in 1970s early 70s mindset <clears throat> japanese wrestler challenged some you know world title from america he probably wouldn't win you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. But uh, this time, he, Inoki brought the championship from from America. You know that actually existed in Ohio, right? NWF. Mm-hmm. Uh, he beat Johnny
1: Powers in Japan, and he kept the title in Japan for next seven years. And it became, yeah. I mean, it, when we think, when I think about or hear the name NWF title, you think about Inoki before. Johnny yeah, Powers. That, and
0: the, the beautiful looking eagle uh, mm-hmm. championship
1: belt, huh? kind of iconic and belt. Uh,
0: yeah, and then also that was a design of championship belt that was famous around that time period that, you know, WWF title, were, you know, design was like that, that the other, you know, like NWA tag team titles and all these, uh, like uh, Los Angeles titles, for some reason, all the championship belt design was like that, you know, that uh, gold and eagle and uh, certain design. And then the NWA belt was you like a really iconic thing wasn't
1: it yeah I mean I, you always see it in the pictures you always see it in his really famous photos or on album covers or magazine covers yeah
0: more so than you know later on IWGP belt yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah um because you know there wasn't a belt for quite a while wasn't it wasn't uh with the IWGP championship it was just the tournament
0: tournament yeah so we'll get to that we'll get to that but the the, so the real old japan new japan baba inoki media and television and wrestling war started in year 1973 and in the beginning of 74 it became really clear that that what inoki does and what baba does you know how to present wrestling became like like almost like a two different world March of 1974 following year, Inoki had this very significant historical title match against late strong Kobayashi at the time he was IW world champion and he walked out of company to to become free agent and challenging Inoki and Baba right and uh, it was of course storyline that the, you know you know it was the deal was made that the Inoki and kobayashi thing was going to happen and baba was going to just ignore it right but on newspaper like tokyo sports strong kobayashi challenged both Inoki and baba and Inoki was the one who accepted the challenge and baba basically ignored it hmm yeah but it was storyline that, uh, you know, we have to remember, Inoki and Kobayashi deal was already made, you know, by the time they announced it, you know. And 74, that uh, Inoki against Kobayashi, that one champion against another, and both Japanese superstar, which hasn't been done for 20 years. You know what the 20 years is? Okay. inoki Kobayashi first encounter was March of 1974 you rewind about 20 years, 1954, it was Ricky Dozan against Masahiko Kimura, the beginning of wrestling. Ooh. Yeah, so for the, for 20 year period, they never had Japanese superstar against Japanese superstar matchup. In 50s and 60s, all the way till 1974, wrestling meant Japanese babyface against American heels.
1: I mean, the basic format. Does that make any sense? So that's the uh, almost like a template or archetype for for Japanese versus Japanese wrestler setting. The, yeah, the, yeah. The first and um, made
0: made look so important. You know, the who is the best, or the this is the biggest wrestling match in history, or something like that. And we all believed it. You know, and yeah, rightfully so. The Inoki against Ash match was really historical and it was a good match. And uh, Inoki beat Kobayashi with his famous German suplex. And uh, before, you know, VHS way, I mean, decades before the internet, it was de- still decades before VHS VCR, right? But I clearly remember that, that uh, this whole, you know, last five minute sequence from this, Inoki Kobayashi match, you know, Inoki, uh the Kobayashi post, Inoki outside the ring, Inoki juices, and Kobayashi gets back in the ring first and gives Inoki you know vertical suplex from the apron onto the ring, right? And then uh Kobayashi gives the inverted, you know, backbreaker, like you have Jesse Ventura type backbreaker, and Inoki, you know, it's got, we thought Kobayashi was gonna beat. Inoki lands and give him reverse suplex. Then both guys gets up, you know, get up like really staggered. Then Inoki gives Kobayashi Luther's backdrop, you know, the, the ballot-to-back suplex. Mm-hmm. Boom. Almost over, right? And need one more thing. Inoki gives Kobayashi German suplex. Or sure thing one, two, three. This <laughs> way decades before you know VHS tapes, uh, still I can clearly play the whole sequence in my head uh, to this day
1: it's Crazy like a huh? uh, it's like a song or something it's, it's like a and it's funny because yeah well
0: yeah of course I watched it over and over and over for the past 20 30 years but uh,
1: yeah go ahead oh I was just going to say I thought it was interesting well two things that are interesting one um this was you know it was you know his big win 74 but the way he won it was with uh, german suplex which yeah. is Carl Gotz's move, the guy who, of course, of course, yeah, the guy yeah, who, like the God only of, guy to do yeah. And, um, and another uh, idea that I found kind of interesting, or you, once you're kind of studying it and paying attention, you notice that you know he didn't really have just one signature move or one finisher.
0: Uh, at the time, probably octopus.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But throughout his yeah. career, he he finished a lot of matches with a lot of different things, a lot of different moves
0: um it is a lot like you reinventing yourself you know Thales thing that uh, see Inoki uh, as he grew older and it's really hard on him because he has bad neck that he stopped using german suplex and after you know after muhammad ali thing his kick became more famous therefore he invented Rick, uh, enzigiri to be his finish like mm-hmm. your like your uh, switching music you know what i'm saying sure yeah kind of like you know cagey muto's shining wizard instead of moonsault see muto everybody knows that he has such a bad knees right and he won't be using moonsault every night that uh, he needed to use leg sweep into figure four leg lock then he invented shining wizard as a finish so uh, as you grow older uh your career you know going to your senior you know period that uh, you will change your finish i think you evolve with the time and with your body yeah yeah and as he grew older and older you know he started using sleeper hold for his finish too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like kind of like easy physically easy on you huh
1: yeah but believable
0: and yeah but he does it so well like he means it well he meant it right Mm -hmm. so uh yeah the German suplex like was like the sure thing finish when he was in thirty in his thirties. Nobody kicked out German suplex like they do now. When you see German suplex and bridges, one,
1: two, three was a was a sure thing when I was a kid. Very protective move. The backdrop too, which uh, again was that's associated with uh, Ricky Dozan and Luthes. Luthess,
0: yeah. Ricky Dozan and Luthes, right, right. And also, this strong Kobayashi, uh, Antonio Inoki single match was so important because they, you know, hyped it like uh, 20 years in making. Oh, well, they weren't there, but uh, you know, they are talking about Riki against Kim, you know Masahiko Kimura, the beginning of Japanese pro wrestling history. So that all things, all the all the pieces of puzzle was important. All right, wow, first time in 20 years, Japanese champion against Japanese champion. Wow, this is so important, right? and uh yeah so that was like a very very historical match uh what giant baba did that year later on was that he won he beat jack briscoe in japan to become very first japanese wrestler to be become nwa world champion
1: that's a big that's, big big deal
0: yeah so that's how john Baba's you know counter so this is different philosophy yeah mm-hmm. Same year, you know, Inoki, he had a single match against Kintaro Oki. Another uh, kind of forgotten, but uh, historically very important, that the Baba Inoki and Kintaro Oki were the original three musketeer in JWA. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the time, you know, when JWP went down, Kintaro Oki, uh, real name Kim Il. He went back to South Korea and became Rikidozan of that country. He opened prof- professional wrestling business there. He has a very interesting background or life story. Oh, Kintaro Oki himself, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Because when there was no diplomacy, he got on the boat and and came into Japan as a like a uh, illegal Im- Im- immigrant, and Rikidozan and and the politician saved him and uh gave him visa to become wrestler very interesting
1: so okay we finished with um strong kobayashi that was a big big match but in the 74 75 there were also a lot of other big enoki matches um yeah yeah i uh, of course uh, i'm not sure what year yeah. it was but tiger uh tiger jeet singh i think tiger was around jeet this time singh.
0: oh yeah oh yeah became um you always needed your regular heel uh, mm-hmm. in, in new japan Antoninoki noki against tiger Singh all year long <laughs> almost that's how i remember you know almost all year long whereas Jan <clears throat> baba had Abdullah the butcher in his prime same method japanese baby face against big american badass um heel so it was like a baba against abdur the butcher all year long 74, 75, yeah, 76, all the way to like another five, six years, yeah, for that matter.
1: I think these matches really start to show Inoki as a, a brawling, uh wild kind of wrestler, more more so than in the past. I mean, these matches right. really to bloody. be able
0: to compete with somebody like Taguchi, seen the complete heel. What what was interesting was though, in back in Toronto, Toronto, Canada.
1: Tiger Sin was
0: babyface,
1: so yeah. he was the, uh, kind of the their their star, their star babyface. But he, like a lot when of he other to, wrestlers, yeah. would come to Japan and sort of switch their persona, switch their character.
0: Yeah, but uh, Tiger Jitsin did this extra carefully that he, you know, back in seventies, what the news traveled so slow, right? Mm-hmm. So people didn't know that. Tiger Jit Singh was a big baby in Toronto. And he, Tiger Jit Singh did not want people to know that at all. So he, uh, he made sure nobody knows, you know, what's happening in in, in, in Toronto or Detroit, for that matter. And uh, the, his mannerism, you know, the Tiger J. Singh, the crazy big rule-breaking villain, the, 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 it was exactly like what you see in Detroit, uh, the videotape from like
1: the chic era he worked exactly like the original Chic. did you know that if yeah i mean it's pretty obvious when you if you watch him back to back of course too but i mean it's a similar style yeah. where it's it's a, a non-in-ring style it's it's uh it's the wrestling brawl you got to go in the crowd you got to chase people you have to throw and knock over chairs and whip your opponent uh, the, and also uh, barricade.
0: uh, uh foreign object out of your tights at the time, you know, he has all kinds of stick or the bottle opener and other things hidden in his, his trunks or mm-hmm. the shoes.
1: Or he would wrap his wrap yeah, his t- um, fingers,
0: finger hands. Yeah, right. And back then, you know, juice double juice kind of thing. I mean, big, you know, like a very almost primitive when you think about it now. But uh, at the time, blood meant heat, right? Sure. It was raw. Inoki, yeah, Inoki juice and tiger juice and juice. And a lot of times double juice. And Baba too, you know, the uh, Abdullah Butcher, every match, almost bloody, every match. And then Baba juice himself too. And then sometimes double juice, all these things, you know, was on primetime television. <laughs> you know i guess that the tv like uh, standard criteria or the there was no such thing as rated r or pg or g television was television then and when you think about it in eight eight o'clock on friday night and saturday night people watching wrestling on television you know in your living room may, maybe even be having dinner or something and you're watching something <laughs> so bloody <laughs> on television <laughs>
1: Yeah. would would you, you say that those are the sort of the seeds of deathmatch wrestling not just I mean it's all over the world there's a lot I of other think examples so
0: because um, a little bit off the subject but the uh, mm. young young 16 year old 17 year old onita was sitting in the ringside being a ring boy
1: that's right in all Japan
0: <laughs> yeah i think like your water boy towel you know like carrying you know giant Baba's costume right and washing Baba's back all those years. Onita's, yeah, Deathmatch plant, and seed was planted. He watched Terry Funk, and he wanted to be like Terry Funk. He watched, you know, Onita's watching Abdul the Butcher and the Sheik. He wanted to be like that. And he became that, you know, 20 years later. That's another story for another day, but,
1: you know, that's interesting, right? That's very interesting. We'll we'll probably come back to when we talk about Baba down the road, because he was... Yeah, uh...
0: when you watch 70s videotapes, what's so interesting, you have to pay attention who's... uh, seconding these wrestlers outside the ring like you are, you know like a track you know tracksuit, suit top and bottom you know like ring boys young fujinami the young Riki choshu the young you know yoshiaki fujiwara the, all those guys are in the ring side <laughs> really yeah and i recently watched a second inoki strong kobayashi match from december of 74 and uh, if you get the video, I, I have a link, so I can I can probably send it to you. But uh, there's, um, n- like I said, there is no big mic promo in Japanese wrestling, right? No backstage skit kind of like your sport interview, like your football interview kind of thing, you know, network sportscaster or interview wrestlers coming into building and give short interview, but it was like treated like a real, you know, sports interview, not like your 80s, 90s promo, in, you know, kind of thing, no big storyline or skit, but they did that in the ring. And what I'm talking about is this very beginning of this, you know, second Inoki match from December of 74. What they did was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I watched it very recently after strong Kobayashi, you know, passed, you know, passed in, in December 30th of last year. And uh, I went back and watched this, you know, you know Kobayashi's second match. The first match from March 74 was really, really famous, but the second match is just as good and so overlooked. Anyhow, very beginning of the match inoki gives two drop kicks okay to kobayashi two drop kicks then body slam boom then cover one two three referee count three right whoa inoki beat him in 20 seconds great but kobayashi's foot hook was on the rope referee misses it but this you know that the they rang the bell, and then the match was over. And people start throwing things into the ring, like your bottles, or garbage, or what you were eating, or <laughs> rice ball, everything and they threw into the ring. And then, then all these people came in. It was a misjudged referee made mistake. And such a simple storyline, right? But it was at the time <laughs> it was so much heat, and Kobayashi got up and got so mad and the three referees the executive all came into the ring and they had a real quick discussion they, they were you know they restart the match then people popped kind of something simple but you just have to watch it you know because it's so believable
1: it was so I, believable. i've i've seen the match i'm familiar with it and it's, it's amazing class. to see how people react it, i guess it's not the same but you could compare it to when Brock Lesnar beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania. It was very unexpected finish, right, right, situation. right. Of course, there di- what happened were different, and and uh, Inoki and, and Kobayashi it, would have yeah. an, a longer match afterwards. Like that right, wasn't right. a complete finish, so. Yeah,
0: but it, you believed it. You know, the match was over in you know, Inoki beat Kobayashi one, two, three. But clearly, from that, what you were watching from the television screen who was on the rope, but referee didn't see it. And then big hit on referee, right? It's like, it's so classic. I mean, a very basic formula to put heat on somebody. But at the time, oh, that looks so believable. It hadn't been done before. You have to you just go out of your way and watch this one. Right. Oh, now that they do referee bumps and, uh, you know, do things behind referee's back or just like you're, royal rumble just a few days ago that you know the when referee knocked out from you know from F, f5 that uh, roman reigns coming in and give brock lesnar his spear and then bobby lashley covers and you know one two three and beat him and win the title and much heat on who heat on who right and then paul heyman turning on you know brock lesnar and then walk out with roman reigns they do that so much that you get so used to it you know but in mid 70s they did that so seldom that worked so much better does that make sense
1: mm. it's yeah. uh i mean like we were talking about tv earlier there's some in, in today's wrestling there's so many different um there's so much pressure to keep doing
0: interesting things doing things interesting things putting out content quiet.
1: putting out TV yeah shows. yeah so um new japan it's for example just
0: like other, yeah like a lot of american fans talk about today's new japan product right they do so many angles and the referee bumps and you know that the bad guy you know he'll manage run run and do bad things and the ref put heat on referee and the ref- referee is not watching and they you know a lot of the new japan world you know the, the uh, today's new japan audience are kind of like a beginners therefore they just you know, the the product is catered to more of a, uh, like a beginner art type audience, but they do so many American style angles that uh, it's not really working anymore or something. Right.
1: I know that in the uh, English speaking sphere, uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know anybody who I, I, most people are really not into it. If you look at right, social media right. they're they're almost like violent against uh house of torture and and dick togo and uh yeah right
0: right because um well for one thing that the the podcasters and and uh whatnot uh internet um wrestling journalists today's wrestling journalists are so i mean numbers are not big but they're so vocal about it right yeah 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 yeah, and then they also expect Japanese wrestling camp, you know, companies do more Japanese-oriented finishes, just straight finish, compete, and a good match and clean finish. And yeah, yeah, I admit that the Japanese wrestling is leaning towards more and more to American-type finishes, huh?
1: Yeah, but... New Japan the, is. New Japan is, but on the one hand, um, it's hard to because it's in a different language it's hard to express uh when a crowd in Japan is enjoying uh a product or is enjoying a wrestler right, or different a match.
0: reaction and different facial expression and different reaction on you know, overall
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh and also different generations of wrestling fans like you know 70s wrestling fans in Japan 80s wrestling fans in Japan 90s wrestling fans in Japan uh, you know, twenty first century wrestling fans in Japan, uh, kind of different too. Yeah.
1: Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but my impression is that while right now people are not a fan of Evil and his matches because of the you know the the same right. interference,
0: had, yeah, uh, over and over.
1: But yeah. in Japan, in general, to me, it seems like he's pretty popular. New Japan wrestler, he's one of the. He really is popular with Evil? the fans there.
0: Yeah and also today's wrestling fans understand wrestling as it is you know that's how it is okay okay you know that's you know i think 90s wrestling fans and you know two year 2000 wrestling fan which is what already 20 years ago that they went home and thought about it for a little longer you know what i mean mm-hmm. why did they do what they did
1: right And this generation can watch again and go back to it again and again.
0: Yeah, and then also don't even think about. Yeah, don't even think about it. You know, and because in '90s into 2000, after you know, group of wrestling fans in Japan, you know, went to watch some big shows, they would go to bars or restaurant or something with those friends and talk about what you just saw all night long. You know what I'm saying?
1: It was a different time for sure. Yeah. Or
0: as today's wrestling fans, you know, just as soon as you leave the building, that was over. You know,
1: there's and something else pandemic.
0: on. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And, or you will probably find quick answer on, on the internet. Somebody will give you the answer why they did what they did. There right. shouldn't be an answer. Wrestling gives you just hints in the results that uh, but we wrestling fans have free kind of a freedom to you know understand and interpret you know what happened and how you feel about it you know not like you can find quick answer on the internet the next second you google you know something it's all different almost like a different human being
1: (laughs) yeah yeah we're in the in the processing stage we're right in the middle i don't know Where it's going but it's definitely it's different from where inoki's uh time period and baba's time period what was going on there um, yeah
0: yeah things yeah things move you know a bit 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 slower Mm -hmm. but people remember it you know clearly that uh, before vcr you know you just have to memorize a lot of things and really sit down and think about you know what you think of it you know
1: or or what you get out of it Mm -hmm. and in japan of course reading reading about it in the papers and in the magazines. Right, that too, that too. Reflecting right, right. on it, uh, reflecting on it, I think, is the, the idea yeah. of the word. But um, so yeah, and it, this is, OK, so back to, you know, 74, 75. 74,
0: so yeah. So Inoki and kobayash single match was so important. The same year in December, when Inoki was doing the second round of Inoki-Kobayashi match after he returned from WWE, see? kobayashi had a long nine-month tour in new york and had this you know great wwf run and came back fresh with you know new mustache and a different look and a different attitude and had a second match right
1: and he really and same had month. the the traditional american heel style down especially when he had that match with enoki he's a
0: the I, second if, time
1: yeah i mean yeah. It, he he was uh on the TV show kind of regularly. If you go if anybody goes back and watches those what, Pennsylvania, Allentown, Pennsylvania oh,
0: uh, okay, TV okay.
1: tapings. He was uh yeah, he was on the show. I remember yeah, that you had can go back funny, and watch stuff. He, he was tights uh,
0: too, you know, like traditional yeah. Japanese tights with yeah, barefooted. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like he Mr. Had Fuji. This, yeah, right. Exact same costume. So well, well Vince McMansinium, you know, wanted that kind of look. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in 1970, he had a long AWA run too.
1: Was uh, you know speaking of McMahon, was Vince McMahon senior at that Inoki and uh, Kobayashi match? N-
0: not that match, but he came in a month later. It was uh, uh, May May of 1974. All of a sudden, Vince McMahon Senior, Vincent James McMahon the senior came to new japan and congratulated inoki for winning world league mm. and announced that the partnership new japan pro wrestling and wwf at the time yeah it was so interesting that- to us because inoki finally signed the deal partnership with american establishment if baba goes with nwa and awa that inoki had you know, signed the deal with wwf that was a big move yes right that was the same year 74 and uh uh, the the new japan and new york uh, wwwf partnership would last all the way till like 1985 so that's right partnership yeah
1: it's um pretty amazing to think about it the, the fact that both companies are still active and and that they actually had a history 10, uh, pl- 10 plus year history Part,
0: yeah yeah partnership yeah it's, it's, today's New Japan isn't Inoki's New Japan and today's WWE isn't Vince McMahon senior's WWE you know it's, it's different generation but it's same company that's amazing yeah same bloodline so to speak yeah yeah well old Japan today's old Japan Pro Wrestling isn't exactly Giant Baba's all japan pro wrestling but it's the same bloodline and they they still use exact same logo and has triple crown so that's That's right yeah
1: Yeah. it's kind of like stardom and uh and uh all japan women women yeah
0: yeah not exactly
1: but the same idea
0: yeah that the same heritage kind of thing Mm -hmm. but it's uh uh, then also we have to point out that uh all japan today's old japan still have spring traditional tournament champion carnival remember
1: Mm -hmm. like their and also
0: yeah and and in december they have real world tag team tournament every year i mean like a 40 plus year history the reason in 1974 inoki started revival of world league the world league was actually ricky dozen's famous tournament during uh, you know late 50s into early 60s that every spring you bring in like 10 american superstar champions to, to do this spring traditional tournament thing it was called world league championship tournament and Inoki revived that uh, World League tournament in 74 and he invited Vince Vince McMahon Sr. And on on final, Inoki beat Kuro Kuro Krupp, the Nazi character, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Kuro Kuro Krupp to be the first winner of this revival. World League tournament because I'd already started first annual champion carnival in spring. So always look like what what Baba did, Inoki had to do it. And what Inoki did, Baba had to do it. You know, this is always going back and forth with no communication, but you can tell what you know what Inoki did. Baba had to, you know, encounter you know, like a counter with something bigger, and Inoki does something again, and Baba has to do something again and it was like this for next 20 years <laughs> i mean but not just him but the companies and also the network television that, were, that was with them yeah see when baba baba has abdur the butcher so big as he you know he had to make you know the tiger jeet scene so big that uh, they you know the, the NWF title went back and forth. You know, Tiger G. Singh beat Inoki for the title and then Inoki beat you know, Tiger G. Singh again and, you know, for the NWF title and Baba did the same with PWF title, Pacific Wrestling Federation. Now another F Federation title. See, Inoki's NWF title and Baba's PWF title
1: is, was really confusing for kids like me. Yeah, especially if the uh, companies didn't actually exist like uh, PWF.
0: Oh, that was a Lord James Blair from Hawaii, so we believed there was a big office in Hawaii. (laughs) Because he always came in from Hawaii and read the commissioner's, you know, like title match statement recognized this match as a official pacific wrestling federation title match uh, uh that uh, recognized by pacific wrestling federation and sanctioned by nwa
1: national wrestling alliance we all believed it yeah. yeah yeah it was a nice <laughs> sophisticated touch even you know what uh dory funk jr still uh still he does
0: that to, to this date. yeah he did he it uh, last year pwf yeah
1: yeah
0: oh if he wasn't pandemic yes dory funk Mr. Dory Funk could still be here and reading that statement
1: and uh, so speaking some Japanese. Like a...
0: Oh, he does. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very interesting.
1: Uh, and and he... also, he's, uh,
0: Dory Funk is uh, such a big name that uh, after he dropped NWA World Heavyweight Title to Harley Race for the for the final time, that's when Dory Funk started coming to Japan like every month. Yeah.
1: So first with jwa so, and then with yes all with japan.
0: An and also it was uh, publicized that dory funk and terry funk and uh at the time yeah, right by then dory senior passed away but uh, it was dory and terry funk that who book all these american top talent to all japan so the baby face as it is yeah
1: we should okay. also whereas
0: in- yeah whereas Inoki didn't have really you know american partners or didn't publicize it you
1: know yeah, he had them later, not yeah. until the WWF relationship. But what I wanted to mention, I think, around this time, too, is when Inoki also wrestled Andre the Giant. Yeah, starting
0: in Um uh, It was, I think, the part of the Vince McMahon Sr. deal. Vince McMahon already had exclu- exclusive contract with Andre the Giant. Okay, well, Vince Sr. made him. Andre, you know, that gave him under the Giant name. Until then, he was Monster Rushmuff, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, uh And in, in Montreal,
1: he was, what, Jean Ferré? Yeah. Giant, John Ferré, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But he gave, Vincenia gave Andre under the Giant name and signed the contract that year, you know, either 73 or 74. And starts, he knew that Andre should not stay in one place too long right he you know he's under uh vince senior's contract but vince senior choose to send andre to all over the territories you know who appear in dallas appear in florida he would wrestle in tennessee maybe not tennessee but he would wrestle in hawaii he would wrestle in in california he would come into all these different territories all through the year And every time Andre make an appearance, that would become their extravaganza supercard in where you live. And usually super heavyweight battle royal and Andre wins and leaves. And in the meantime, Andre would be touring with New Japan maybe four, five, six times a year. That's where he kept him, you know, basically. And Inoki was the only and the first, I think, promoter to use Andre as a heel. And uh, can you imagine Andre the Giant in his prime working heel, walking into Japanese audience crowd
1: like a big monster? <laughs> we had to run for life. <laughs> he, was, he was a giant. He was bigger than Baba. He was huge. He was yeah, huge and guy. heavier than
0: Baba and didn't have bad knees yet. and Didn't have bad back yet. And he really worked. Like he had this, you know, big splash, big, you know, like a frog splash off second rope, Andre doing it. And Inoki, uh, Andre both in his prime, you know, throwing that uh, suplex in each other. And uh, Inoki doing the short arm scissors, like, you know, key lock. And mm-hmm. Inoki picked him up on his shoulder and walked around, and he did. They uh, they did a lot of that, you know, spectacular things. Of course, Inoki body slammed him, and there was a you know, <laughs> to this day people still discuss how many wrestlers have body slammed under the Jank, Right? It mm-hmm. was a big deal, such a big deal. You know, of course, Hulk Hogan did that, and oh, all the way it was later on ultimate warrior you know beat under the giant like in a couple of minutes every night but that was a real sad state but uh, in his prime not too many wrestlers body slammed under the
1: giant right that was like a or, almost like an urban legend right it was the of basis when, of uh, a lot of the early wrestlemanias it was the big storyline oh yeah
0: oh, that, the wrestlemania 3 finally yeah when he turned heel on hulk hogan but his more you know, curly Afro-like hair. You know, big Andre going to different places. Go, went to Mexico and connect body slammed him. Uh, went to um, Australia. Somebody body slammed him. Went, you know, Andre went to Germany and guy Roland Bach body slammed him. Or, or all the way to maybe somebody like a Giant Kamala. You know, uh, when I spoke his mass superstar Bill Eady, he said he body slammed him in North Carolina too. And Harley Race, of course, but only about seven, eight wrestlers who body slammed under the giant. Young, strong Kobayashi body slammed uh, uh, Monster Rushmoff, in, in, like in, in early, early 70s. But body slamming under the giant was such a big deal, right? Hmm. Ricky Choshu
1: too. Oh, in 90s, yes. Um...
0: Oh, like, oh, in the 80s, yes, yes.
1: And uh, the Strong Kobayashi and, and Giant Rushmoff that was in IWE, right? That was with the right, international right. That, wrestling.
0: That was t- yeah, tournament final. Monster Rushmoff against Strong Kobayashi was a tournament final. Before uh, before Kobayashi walked out of the company and joined Inoki. But uh, that was the same year. And under the Giant uh, of his first New Japan tour, he made comment that uh, uh, Kobayashi and I had a match. Kobayashi was very strong. He will inoki so it's like whoa as a kid you believed it right some people think kobayashi is going to be inoki there oh wow right <laughs> storyline so simple sometimes you know then you know
1: simple times
0: yeah but uh, it made a lot, lot more sense it seems
1: yeah, yeah.
0: but uh so those were the 74 75 it was a very interesting year you know oh and 75 yeah 75 was okay. also the uh, bill
1: robinson match
0: Right, Billy Robinson against Antonio Inoki. Who is the best in the world? Type match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sixty minute. Uh, I can. Yeah, I I I watched the, the you know, videotape over and over, and so it's like I forgot how I felt first, but the, it was sixty minute, two out of three fall match, and the first fall didn't come in until like a forty-four
1: minute mark. <laughs> you know. It was a, I guess you could call it a really high level, high technique type of match for the time. Oh, the catches catch can, and
0: mm-hmm. they have the somebody in common that the young fourteen year old Billy Robinson trained with Corrigan in Wigan, England, that uh, Snake Pit gym, uh, when he was 14, 15. and also Inoki, of course, famous Corrigan people, right? So there were, there was this, there were this strong catches, catch can Lancashire wrestling, I mean, no-nonsense, the real pro wrestling image to it, you know, because those were the time Inoki was using this, you know, um idea that Inoki's wrestling in New Japan pro wrestling is real, real, and what you see on Baba's television, ah, you don't know, it's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Giving strong hint. Baba's wrestling is phony, and and Inoki's wrestling
1: is real deal. And a lot of people believed it though. Then, because yeah. Baba's style was more associated with the international style, the American style, which always had yeah, moves floor, bouncing off the ropes, uh, yeah, big boot, mm-hmm. some comedy, uh, you know, a, a little bit more of a show,
0: but baba was the one who was having important single match with important american superstars all mm. along see all J- jwa didn't give give me no chance to you know have single match against people like bruno san martino the gene Kiniski, the you, you know whatnot i mean who, who was world champion at the time it was always baba who had the position or who hosted uh those existing world champion from america and have important title match at the baseball stadium type setup yeah so, so there's clearly difference you know that inoki being underdog you know that the, oh this is inoki episode number three so we should talk more about you know but uh, we gotta talk about see uh giant baba in, a, in ba- baba episode because you and i talked about that before it's, It seems like that uh, for american fans or today's wrestling historian inoki is a lot more popular than giant baba right but in japan those two superstars were has always been equal equally popular see there's inoki fans but there are strong baba fan and all japan fans seriously it's like these two are, philosophies like two different leagues two different wrestling and I was kid wrestling fan, like reading wrestling magazine, you know, every page back-to-back back, number of times because there aren't too many of them that you have to reread again and read everything and watch everything and want to know everything about it. But I always wished that Baba's American talent, you know, who, who are all coming to old Japan, they would come to New Japan and have match against Inoki. That didn't really happen. You see you have the funks the hurry race the uh melmaskers or whomever was you the american superstars you read in the magazine they all come to old japan you know whereas Inoki you know, had you know bloody match against tiger Jitsing all year long <laughs> <laughs> you know then inoki against japanese superstar like kintaro oki or war during the world league tournament in new you know spring tournament in new japan you have inoki against kobe uh, inoki against sakaguchi inoki against kobayashi again inoki against kintaro oki inoki against all these japanese roster so it was more of like a right who's better and i mean a better man win kind of you know situation whereas 1975 december of 1975 baba had a uh that this uh, one time tournament co- called open championship tournament. He brought in you know Dory Funk, Hardy Race, of course Abdullah the Butcher, but you had the Dick Murdoch, uh Dusty Rose as Texas Outlaws, the younger version of Dusty Rose in Dick Murdoch, Ken Mantel, uh NWA Junior heavyweight world champion at the time, Hiro Matsuda, the the former world champion, Pat O'Connor, the Mr. Wrestling Tim Woods, the Don Leo Jonathan, the, all those big, huge name came in all together and had the mini tournament in December while Inoki was having one man single match Inoki against Billy Robinson the same month. That was very interesting. In fact, it was the same night. One building, Sumo Palace had Inoki against, you know, Billy Robinson and drive about five miles at the, Nippon Budokan. Baba had that, you know, rikidosa Memorial Open Tournament. You know, big, huge match. Same night, about five miles apart.
1: So, what were the crowds like? Would the crowd, with the crowds oh, split both, both or
0: ten thousand? Yeah, both through ten thousand people.
1: Would you yeah. say the makeup of the crowd would be uh, just general pro wrestling fans, or were there people that were, um, you know, pure New Japan fans or loyal All Japan fans only?
0: oh it's really hard to say yeah it's mm-hmm. really hard to say it was always like T- tv asahi you know show against nippon tv show almost mm-hmm. but baba had more um establishment feeling because ricky dozen's you know family you know attended the buddhakan shows iw sent their wrestlers like russia kimura Inoue, the great kusatsu they participated in an open tournament and international feeling yeah dick by the destroyer was in japanese side and they used the traditional Rikidozan trophy they brought in the old you know like antique trophy to the building and uh yeah inoki billy robinson was like a one match show but same night though yeah so uh that was very interesting, yeah. December of nineteen
1: seventy-five, yeah. And from there, I think I I think it was around this time too. Uh, it was Inoki's first match with uh, Ruska, the judoka from Europe. Uh, February of
0: nineteen seventy-six. Yeah. Oh, so we not, not soon,
1: pretty soon after. Uh,
0: the yeah February of nineteen seventy-six and June of nineteen seventy-six historical Inoki against Muhammad Ali happened oh oh yeah that's big
1: should we should we uh, talk about that now or should we save that for the beginning of the next well,
0: well no we can talk about Muhammad Ali yeah because it actually see, now that the, the, the like I just said five minutes ago most today's wrestling journalist wrestling journalism or the historian feel that Inoki and Bob has always always been equal right I don't think he was equal until 1976 Baba was bigger star until 1976 until Inoki had a historical mixed martial arts also the beginning of MMA right now mm-hmm. the h- hindsight that Inoki and Muhammad Ali made Inoki world famous cuz he was broadcasted in all over the states it, not before the pay-per-view but he was uh, closed circuit uh beaming television or whatever they were calling it they beamed the live feed into america was using satellite and they broadcasted the Inoki ali match at all the movie theaters in united all over the states the only time they used satellite for sport was like olympic right mm-hmm. and the Inoki ali match kind of changed that that the, the course of business and not just the Vince McMahon senior affiliate, but the, you know, you had the Florida NWA, the Texas NWA, the uh, Los Angeles Mike labell NWA, affiliate, even AWA territories in Minnesota and the Midwest, they all carry this Inoki Muhammad Ali that uh closed circuit you know feed to make a business. They ran wrestling card in conjunction to that. you know, the same night at the Chicago International Amphitheater, AWA Varangania had the big show, you know, that uh, Varangania against Nick Barkwenko and the uh, the Bruiser the Crusher against Black Jacks or somebody like that. And they, they had this, they uh, lined up the big show conjunction with Muhammad Ali Inoki match. So it happened all over the states. That day, but people didn't understand the, that the content of how important the content was. That they thought it was really boring, right? Because Inoki laid there and kicked Muhammad Ali's legs the entire time. But there was Muhammad Ali's people who didn't want him to wrestle because they didn't. They went. It it was not work. It was complete shoot match. The beginning of MMA in hindsight. That uh, Ali Ali's people came to Japan. He didn't come in all by himself, of course. Boxing, uh, when you have world title boxing match, you have twenty, you know, your of your guys, right? You know, entourage. You know, the 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 whole, the whole team of Muhammad Ali came to Japan, and they felt they thought it was going to be just, a, you know, what you think of professional wrestling. You know, when are we gonna rehearse? And Inoki's you know, people, said, there is no rehearsal, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they said, no. Then we're going home. No, 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 no. Don't go home. And they, uh, they had the rule meetings every night. Don't let Inoki wrestle. Do not, you know, in, let Inoki use those dangerous martial arts, uh, kick and chops, and uh, the the no headbutts, no wrestling hold you know no resting on the mat allowed and it's just like or we go home and then just inoki's people and tb asahi just had to make the match happen right so much money and, and network time and budget went in and uh it wasn't going to happen uh, even after uh, all people came in but uh somehow somewhat somehow the, the match took took place and uh they went in without rehearsal and uh you know did what what he had to do you know or what he could that he couldn't wrestle he couldn't grapple and uh what can you do you know and uh he he looked at the rules that uh, okay he could lay there and actually kick ali's legs the entire time and that's far enough that he's not gonna you know hit ya. And it was like a well thought out strategy, and at the time, audience or the world audience or the wrestling audience, none of us are educated enough that uh, that this is what's gonna happen in real fight situation. Does that make sense?
1: Oh yeah, there was no there was no comparison yet. I mean, there were right kickboxing tournaments. That's not the same though. That's it's still a sport. It's just still um. Mixed yeah, the kickbox-
0: oh, yeah, yeah, the kickboxer against kickboxer, yes. But uh, professional but boxer yeah, the like same. Ali against professional wrestler, Inoki wasn't about to box, and Ali wasn't going to wrestle or let him let Inoki grapple, and wasn't going to let him use elbows or, and not even gonna let Inoki hold you anywhere in your body. What can you do? you know and then they were all you know you know the Ali's people all ready to pack up and leave you know and uh yeah the match had to had to take place and also it's almost a urban legend but uh, uh Ali's asking price was like a, anything even the one dollar above six million dollar six million dollar at the time 1976 six million dollar
1: that's a lot of money right it's a lot of money a lot of money in 1976.
0: Was involved. Yeah. And also, it became, you know, from his, you know, Ali's joke. Do you, if you remember, uh, the real famous television show that was really popular at the time, Six, $6 Million Dollar Man?
1: Mm-hmm. Steve yeah. Austin?
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Steve Austin was the main character's name.
1: Not Stone Cold.
0: No, no, but uh, yeah, who, who, whatever majors, yeah. that yeah, uh, Lee Majors. Right. $6 million man was a big television show. And the $6 million meant it was like a astronomical figure, right? At the time. Mm-hmm. So Ali said, all right, anyway, even $1, uh, that, uh, anything above $6 million, I'll take the fight. Then Japanese, uh, television and Inoki's sponsors and New Japan pro wrestling took it seriously and gathered up, uh, Six million dollar and another hundred thousand on it, and uh, I guess Ali's people had to take the fight. The it all started in one conversation, uh, Muhammad Ali had with um, uh, wrestling, uh, Olympic wrestling chairman, uh, Mr. Hatta, uh, Hachiro Hatta. Uh, is there any Japanese challenger? Oh, I don't think so. Kind of thing. There was a uh, the, there was a conversation there was no heavyweight Japanese boxer at the time. You know, when you think about you know, professional boxing, Japanese boxer with the bantamweight or, you know, super welter at tops, you know, not even the middleweight and let alone, you know, heavyweight boxer that never existed, you know, at the time. Anyhow, that, uh, so Muhammad Ali he spoke with, you know, Hachi, you know Hachiro Hatta that the chairman of japanese olympic wrestling so we never have japanese challengers ha 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 right and that became the print you know one of the newspaper that uh, reported that uh, muhammad ali is seeking out japanese challenger heavyweight then inoki took it and said, hey this is money and then you know, enoki you know sent his you know feeler to ali's people and and this you know negotiation that the closed door negotiation started and this wasn't going to happen they thought ali's people thought that the wrestling was all phony right of course and uh right we can do you know a professional wrestler against uh, you know muhammad ali match for charity great right charity right fine but uh, no, it was Inoki's idea to have match, single match against Muhammad Ali and broadcast it all over the world. It was only just, you know, five, six months after the Kinshasa's miracle. Remember? Ali just came off of George Foreman fight, fight. his biggest match.
1: Remember? It was probably the only option Inoki had to try to get more popular than baba who was just so popular at the time
0: and also a worldwide name mm-hmm. all these wrestling promoter in america until 1976 see baba was a man you know when you i'm talking about you know nwa chairman sam Machinik, awa Vern garnier that the nwa florida the eddie graham that the dallas texas Fritz Von eric the you know all these uh, the Sheik, the original Sheik, the Ed Farhart from Detroit, uh, Toronto, that the uh, Tani family, that uh, all these huge NWA promoters all over America and Canada, when you talk, you know, w- w- when they thought about Japanese wrestling, Giant Baba was the only promoter. And Inoki, who, right? Antonio who, right? At the time, really. That was, Baba was the only establishment among this wrestling community in in america when you think about japanese wrestling baba was the only promoter
1: worth talking about doing yeah, the mentality thing. was baba equals
0: japan japanese yeah, japan
1: of japan right
0: right yeah i think so i think so and it was as if it was believed that uh, jwa went down and baba took over it, it wasn't like that though Baba walked out and created his. He started his All Japan Pro Wrestling, but all those details were forgotten. And American promoters believed that the JWA went down and Baba took over. Well, it looks like it though, and now it it does look like it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I, we're gonna touch on all of that when we, we hit on the Baba. we the Baba gonna, Baba
0: legacy. Yeah. But yeah, cr- you yeah. cross
1: paths a lot, but um that's right. But the Muhammad Ali
0: fight was very important, and it became even more important 40 years later. When you look back and watch 40 year old Inoki Ali match in, in its entirety, this is what would happen and when you don't have MMA rules to do MMA match. And what they did
1: was so brilliant. Yeah. It was, At the
0: time, it was like a, such a boring thing, you know? Yeah.
1: But it was thinking like a, if you were a pro wrestler in this situation, what would a pro wrestler do? Enoki seemed to be that persona 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And also, it's
0: crazy enough to go in the ring with somebody like Muhammad Ali. Mm, fearless.
1: In his prime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you'll probably get killed huh it was yeah. uh i think that was part of the appeal too is that no one knew what was going to happen no one knew because there were, there was no mma there were what, what could we compare it to
0: right right that inoki proved himself six months you know four months earlier against you know olympic judo gold medal william rushka and he beat him right Mm-hmm. of course it was work I'm, I'm sure but uh inoki can handle gold medal judoka uh from munich olympic that yeah, inoki might be able to handle muhammad ali too he's gonna grab him and give him german suplex or something oh my god right <laughs> i got excited and it was actually for the states as a big market you know I i didn't understand at the time this muhammad ali Inoki match happened saturday morning at noon uh, no actually saturday morning 11 o'clock on saturday in japan mm-hmm. you know what that was it's a nine o'clock prime time friday night in new york mm-hmm. yeah and live feed satellite feed into america but the actual show match took place in nippon budokan saturday morning 11 o'clock a.m i didn't understand that and at the time though when i was it was i was ninth grade matches happening noon on television live right and at the time we had morning class on saturdays you know the saturday you had half day In school. And I was ninth grade. Just as soon as the you know morning class was over, we all ran to home. You know, (laughs) we ran all the way home to watch Inoki Ali. (laughs) That was like we every kid, my age, of course, every kid remembers that day. That was Saturday morning. We still had school, just morning, but just as soon as this morning class was over, we all ran to somebody's house or somebody's parents' house to sit and watch enoki against muhammad ali
1: live that was such a big deal so at the time what was the general reaction to the match what were people what was were they bored were fans into it oh until actual match it was a big huge deal
0: But like I said, nobody knew how to watch MMA fight or uh, knew the concept of MMA at the time or simply boxer against wrestler type match, what can be or what could, you know, what can happen. And it was a huge deal. And what they did was what they did. And uh, every single regular newspaper, like Yomiuri, Asahi, Mainichi newspaper, every single you know, network actual news carried it and bashed it like such a hype, no match. I mean, like a like a they really, <laughs> they they just they bashed to, it. Oh, pretty much. So, big business, no match. It's a boring match or the fake. Or I mean, they really used that word too. You know, what's gonna happen? It was no show. I mean, like, I mean it's like a big big hype, nothing happened thing. And took them decades to under, you know, understand what really was, really. But the most people, you know, newspaper or the boxing critic or TV critics or sport critic, they all bashed it. Like so much hype, nothing happened. Kinda of like that. They didn't have the eyes to witness, you know, MMA. It wasn't educated. It just Thirty years too soon, on hindsight, right?
1: It was one of the first big experiments, and what led to yeah,
0: yeah. You know, but after that, slowly but surely, but we uh, saw the evidence that Inoki became big, huge name all over the world after that. That uh, evidently, if you remember the uh, Bad News Bears Go to Japan movie, Mm -hmm. I mean, second one, the first one had Tate Monio in it, right? Mm -hmm. The second series of uh, the, the Bad News Bears movie, the Little League Baseball movie, the second one came to Japan, okay? And Inoki had part in it, 1977 movie. It came out 1978, but the young the 34-year-old Inoki taking on taking on you know kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a scene, but there's a trailer uh, that, that you know three-minute trailer on, on YouTube. Somebody put that up recently. Bad news bears go to Japan. That's a movie. Inoki has part in it. Yeah, that was the year after Muhammad Ali fight. Yeah was interesting. And he started making, you know, more frequent trips to Madison Square Gardens on, you know, that point on.
1: Mm-hmm. He uh, would be yeah. in uh, some of the upper card matches in Madison Square Garden, uh, Iron Sheik. Um,
0: yeah, the first one was a uh, Frank Monty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Inoki, I guess Buddy, um,
1: uh, Buddy Rose?
0: Uh, I, was, uh, I think it was a Larry Sharp. Larry Very Sharp? Similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also had, uh, he had, he made a lot of appearance at the uh, Olympic auditorium in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Madison Square Garden, like a couple of times a year, you know, start making an appearance. Yeah. And you know, his guys in 78 young Fujinami wins his first WWF junior heavyweight title beating Jose Estrada. Yeah. That was the beginning of Bob back era.
1: Yeah oh and uh we'll have to talk about him yeah very symbolic symbolic yeah yeah because bob Backlund, who was champion in 1979 1978 yeah and then came to japan inoki
0: actually beat bob Backlund in tokushima to become very first japanese wrestler to win the wwf title right Mm -hmm. yeah and if it was baba beating Harry Raso somebody at the end of the tour, Harry Raso beat Baba again to win the title back and go home, huh? Mm. For Inoki's case, he didn't get beat. <laughs> and uh that's another story for another day it's gonna take a couple of 20 minutes <laughs> not just a couple of minutes but yeah it takes a little while but how about we we'll start
1: our next episode talking about yeah uh, basically Inoki and Backlund. yeah bob
0: background didn't beat enoki to get the title back but he had to go home yeah
1: it that was, was another uh, uh urban legend among pro wrestling fans over here because it was never announced it was always a rumor it was printed in some oh, magazines. That's but...
0: in the videotape, yeah. That Inoki beat back Bad on for WBA title and then clearly won the belt in his waist, and he Inoki basically didn't return the title, and he he never lost. So the story storyline had to be uh, made. Uh, the very next Madison Square Garden. In, in, at the Madison Square Garden, it was announced Bob Backlund against Bobby Duncan was Texas Death Match, therefore no title was uh, was at stake, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in Japan, it was announced that the WWF title became vacant, right? That uh, the title uh, was up for grab, and Bob Backlund against Bobby Duncan will be that match. To determine the now vacant WWF title in the meantime. Inoki was in the building, but he, he had to defend his WWF martial arts title against Iron Sheik. Therefore, no Bob background against Antonio in New York City. <laughs>
1: That's right, they it was called the Martial arts title, uh, international martial arts title,
0: martial arts title recognized by WWF, and he's you know, he's defending that title at Madison Square Garden that night against Iron Sheik. Therefore, no Bob Backlund Inoki match. Now was like a very, very like a tight, real tight storyline. Yeah, <laughs> and they made sure that they had the video footage that the Bob Bob Backlund going into the ring without the belt of course it was texas Death, you know texas death match so he wouldn't be wearing a heavyweight title and hisashi shinma you know his manager and also wwf figurehead president at the time holding very new wwf title belt in that ring as if it was vacant <laughs> oh it was very tight that the, all the news the tokyo sports gang magazine the baseball magazine you know pro wrestling magazine all all you know sort of cooperate and basically you didn't return the, the belt you know and for next decade or so that uh vince mcmahon today's vince mcmahon you know vincent kennedy mcmahon felt that the uh, enoki double crossed his father
1: very dramatic telling of the story it's it's uh but it's what happened yeah
0: yeah all right well let's cover that next time
1: Okay, next time we yeah we'll, we'll get into Backland, We'll get into the the WWWF relationship, which was you know becoming a big part of it. Uh, Inoki in Japan and how
0: yeah, and Hulk Hogan was big star in Japan before he became big huge superstar in America.
1: Mm-hmm. And Mister yeah. Inoki had a big part in in that. Uh, we'll also, yeah. We will also we got to talk about Stan First, Hansen inaugural,
0: Yeah, inaugural IWGP tournament. The final was Inoki against Hal Hogan. Yeah,
1: mm. and Stan Hansen way he he stood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll start in the early 80s And we'll come back I, I don't know our, if we'll We're going to have to do uh, more than five I think we might have to Is it We are doing part three now Part three, but we're only in on 1980 <laughs> Still All about right. 40 oh, no, years
0: we'll into, No, no, no We'll do, you know, people get bored So that we'll pack everything into
1: five episodes all right, we'll do our best. And actually, uh, thanks to everyone who's been listening over the past couple of weeks. We've gotten um, some nice feedback on Twitter. So thanks Thank to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you have questions. Oh, we're having you... a great time.
0: We're having yeah. a great
1: time. <laughs> we're motivated because we're, we're, this is a good platform to really get, into, get deeply into what happened. It's always easy to, to just read a line or two on Wikipedia, but it's not the whole story, especially when it comes to the Japanese oh, stuff. Oh,
0: Wikipedia is written by some fans. who read what we've been
1: writing (laughs) yeah yeah so uh but this time in inoki's career is really exciting um the matches are great and actually if uh, anybody has new japan world which has most of inoki's matches recently um kevin kelly and chris charlton from new japan uh, english commentary
0: inoki dvd box just came out you know with all the historical matches in there like Inoki against Story Funk NW title match 69 and 70, Inoki against uh, Jack Briscoe before Jack Briscoe was NWA champion, something yeah stuff like that. Inoki against Fritz Von Erkan maybe yeah something like that. Some tape existed and survived, and some they didn't save. You know, so I I don't I didn't buy that DVD box. So I, I ask someone who's Inoki Inoki fan Inoki mania. <laughs> Is that available overseas or just in Japan? Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, the DVD has thing called the region code, right? The That's right. American DVD cannot be played in Japanese DVD player and vice versa. But there is a little device that, that can erase it. I don't know if it's legal or not, but, the, you know, the region is a really tricky thing on DVD. But uh, And sooner or later, you'll probably find it on, not if not, youtube but it is another thing called motion daily motion yeah you can find more things on daily Motion. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah are we allowed to say that i don't know For sure yeah, i don't know yeah. if anybody you know, has a problem youtube you know. yeah there's a you know group of people who's erasing all these tapes right because it's yeah, not i think that's the know, company that's tv asahi and, and yeah because it's not legitimate you know but uh sometimes you'll still find a lot of important historical footage on youtube if you look for it you know long enough and daily motion too yeah all but right so we'll, we'll have yeah we'll cover a lot of things again on our enoki
1: episode four right that's right that'll be next week so <laughs> okay. where can uh, people ask you questions or leave comments okay. for you uh, on Twitter,
0: Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O, Fumihiko Dayo, or Fumisaito on Twitter. And I'm also on Instagram, Fumih- Fumisaito 2001. But I'm not on Instagram that much. But uh, yeah, to- or- or on Twitter or Facebook, uh, please send me a question or friend request with some notes on it and i mean if somebody send
1: me just friend requests i don't even know this person so i may not be able to accept it you know hmm. yeah and i'm on twitter at justin m nipper k n i p p e r um that'll be it for this week so let we me take it away so long from tokyo